0: As the tech industry makes the world smaller, business gets bigger. As your company grows, HSBC has the ability to scale with you with a fast global network made up of local expertise. Search HSBC tech industry to contact your local specialist.
1: Coming up on equity, Apple makes two $400 million deals, Target buys an Alabama-based startup, and net neutrality is over as we know it. Welcome to Equity. I'm TechCrunch's Katie Roof, joined by my colleague, Matthew Lindley. Hello. CrunchBase News Editor-in-Chief, Alex Wilhelm. Hello. And our special guest today is Eric Liao, who's a general partner at IVP. Hello. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thanks for having me. Uh, first up is the story that Katie broke.
1: That's right. I'm very excited about this. <laughs> I like
0: to brag about how cool she is. So
1: Right. So, uh, well, I don't want to take all the credit. Ingrid London, my colleague, we both broke it together but Apple bought Shazam and and in case you don't have an iPhone or use smartphones that's the app that you use to identify songs when you're just out out anywhere and you hear a song you can hold up your phone and it will tell you what it is it's really exciting and it was cool technology about 10 years ago and now
2: rude (laughs) it's still useful and there's a TV show there's a TV show can you beat Shazam (laughs) there's a game show Besides. Eric
1: knows because he's an investor, so he can't comment on the deal, but he does like Shazam because he made money off of Shazam. We can't say how much. He won't tell us how much. But, um, but uh, yeah, so so Shazam has a lot more going on. For it these days, Uh, it it integrates with a lot of different companies, including Apple. It has several integrations there, but it also integrates with Snap, Snapchat. And sources tell us that Snapchat actually tried to buy Shazam about six months ago, and because there was uh, some questions about Snapchat stock or Snap stock. They were more inclined to go with Apple in conversations, (laughs) began with Apple maybe about five months ago, and then uh, ultimately they sold to Apple for roughly $400 in cash.
0: So the Shazam partnership with Snap came into being, and then there was a chance of Snap buying them, but then Apple came in and bought them.
1: Yeah, and that's okay. right. And, and, and I think actually, first of all, $400 million is nothing for Apple. So a lot of people were like, wow, that's so crazy that they would spend $400 million on this app. And I'm like, do you realize how little money that is for a company that's worth like $880 billion? But regardless of that, Apple is serious about Apple Music, and it's a good way to refer traffic to Apple Music. They do get uh, quite a few referrals there where because every time you check out a song, it will say you could either buy. on iTunes. You can listen to it on Apple Music. You can also listen to it on Spotify and some of their competitors. So I don't know if they plan on shutting that part off. But Apple definitely has an incentive to keep this in business. It also has a partnership with Siri. So there's a lot that Shazam um, does for Apple. And and if they're serious about Apple Music, it's important for them. They also have uh, fan pages and artist pages that uh, Apple plans to integrate with Apple Music. So Oh,
3: Ping, yeah. they can bring Ping back, guys. Well, I mean, if you look at uh, one of its competitors, SoundCloud, right, way back in the day, same thing, right? SoundHound? Sound, yeah, SoundHound, sorry, SoundHound. SoundCloud is the uh, perpetually uh, struggling, I was struggling uh, yeah, SoundHound back in the day, like, what happened? Well, they collected, you know, 10 years or whatever it was of music recognition, and they came out with this you know, Siri competitor called Hound, which the technology is like actually incredible. If you've ever used it before, you can do a query. That's like a string of like 19 different questions and it'll actually get you the right answer. And I mean, if you'd like, honestly, if that's the end point, right. You have, if you have all this data that you've collected from music recognition, you have tone, you have, you know, like the actual, like what the syllables sound like and the different like, different melodies what it, what lyrics correspond to what the definitions of those lyrics are how fans interpret those lyrics things like that that's like a heck of a lot of information and if you know if hound is better than siri then i mean i don't know i don't think it's about apple music at all i think it's about actually collecting all of this data that allows you to create this really good voice recognition service because like what defines how good these things are the data that you have. And Siri
0: has been maligned for its uh, slower level of improvements or pace of improvements over the last couple of years. Often people say Apple's lack of data that they can share from your phone to the service to improve it. So in that point, sure, I'll take it. But uh, it's a down acquisition. I mean, the company was valued at a billion dollars, over a billion dollars, sorry, at its last uh, funding round. So we're seeing a pretty steep decline in its value at the time of sale
3: well i mean look at foursquare right like foursquare was worth however much it was as like a consumer service and then it turned out that the consumer service didn't really play out but it had all of this like incredible data right so what did it do? what did it do it became like a city guide and obviously it wasn't worth that much but its data was still worth like whatever it was more than 200 million dollars or something like that so yeah. like if it's a data business then you know maybe it's not as valuable as in terms of a service, but as like a collection of information that it has brought in over the course of ten years, that's still worth like quite a bit of money, just not not valued at the same scale as like a consumer service. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, VC in the room. (laughs) Uh,
2: Well I mean I think the valuation for any company is just a point in time view of what you think it might do in the future. And sometimes things go better than you expect and sometimes or a party might expect and sometimes they go not the way they expect. And so you know it said I think to your point. Uh, whether it is $400 million, uh, let's assume that is the number. That's in cash is, you know, real money. And so I think that um, is something for the entire company to be proud of.
1: How
0: yeah. much money has
2: Shazam raised uh, in its entire life? Let's look that
0: up. Well, less, less than 400 million. According I pres- to I hope so. <laughs> that's not always the case. To, according I wasn't going to
1: <laughs> 143.5 million. If, if that's that. accurate, I, I trust Crunchbase. Um, so,
0: but it's a, it's a <laughs> multiple of capital raise. It's not it's not a fraction thereof. To your point, so that's that makes the exit you know at a minimum a B B plus ish
2: transaction. I feel there are many worse things in life than that. Klingle, it, for example, was <laughs> one example. Didn't of, shut down. What was so that one? What was
3: that one juice company that raised like a ton juice of money? <laughs> juice oh, also, yes. Tuforia. And, yeah. yeah, we weren't gonna name it, but but Shazam oh, has sorry. been around.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shazam has been around since May 2000, according to. That to makes this. it ancient, way, be- way before the Fans. No, uh, true story. Like I was on a date back in 2011, and the guy kept using Shazam, and I was like, "Why does he think this is cool? Like it's been around forever." And now it's funny thinking about that six years. Later, that so, so
0: did this guy was trying to show off by using Shazam?
1: I don't know, he just kept in like every song. that That's came not
0: on. so. Here, here it is the very first equity dating tip. Um, if you're on a date with anyone, you can just see
1: him once, not even once actually. Don't no. Shazam
0: when out in public because you'll look like a nerd, unless you want to end the date. Unless you end.
1: <laughs> yes. maybe he was trying to scare me away. Well, um, anyway,
0: <laughs> uh, and by the way, uh, Apple does have, as of its last uh, earnings report, two hundred and sixty-eight point nine billion in cash, cash equivalents, and marketable securities That's around Billion with a B. Mm-hmm. Billion with a B. B. Dr. Google would be proud. Mostly not at home, as we all know. Where is Shazam located?
3: Where you have your Well, well, they're, yeah, yeah. well they're
1: both London, London, in New York. The US, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's dual headquartered, I suppose. But. But ultimately, I mean, you know, it's it's a decent outcome for them. I mean, it's not the uh, billion that they were valued at, but it's not zero.
0: Four hundred so. million is still a lot of millions of dollars. Yeah. I mean, there was the argument in the BC community about six months ago about the is a hundred million dollar exit actually that big of a deal for investors, and people were trying to argue back and forth about if that's kind of a magic number in any way. But four hundred million is so far above that that threshold that it's got to be positive for
2: most people. I, I, mean, I hope also the employees are underwater here compared to where their options were priced. Well, yeah, I can't I can't speak specifically about that, but I, to your earlier question around 100 or 400, I, I mean, I think it all depends on what expectations were, how much money went into it, and how long it took. I mean, if the five of us in this room started a company tomorrow and it got sold for 100 million bucks and didn't we didn't raise any money and split it five ways, I think we'd feel pretty good about that. I would feel 20 million. dollars. <laughs> they, they did raise money and
1: split it with a lot more than that. But still, uh, so what saying, what, which, which company? What, what other companies are you going to sell to Apple?
2: Um, and the silence to send you the none, 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 off the top of my head, but you know, if they, they could pay a lot, they could. And so, you know, if they want to call, we're gonna, we're we'll always listen.
1: They could <laughs> buy your whole portfolio. They
2: really could. We'd be happy to sell to them for half of their cash balance.
1: <laughs> there you go. Yeah, they <laughs> have, be, they have a lot like of cash. A this was an all cash deal, of course. Uh, they, yeah, they have a lot of cash. And so, a lot of people talk about, oh, well, Apple doesn't normally pay a lot for acquisitions. We don't know that because they are so large. That they don't have to disclose the price for pretty much anything because it's not material. They didn't disclose that this was $400 million. That was based on my and Ingrid, mine and Ingrid's reporting. But uh, they, we don't know that some of these other small deals that they made were really small. They could have been tens of billions. No, maybe, we would have noticed. Maybe, maybe I because think. material in the definition of that is a little bit subjective, but it has to be big enough to be to impact the stock. And so I've talked to lawyers about this before, and this isn't the precise de- definition, but they said that you could get away theoretically with something like ten percent of your mar- market cap, maybe even fifteen percent of your market cap, and not necessarily have to disclose
3: it. Fifteen? Yes. Yeah, okay, so, so, so I was wrong they could in that case. Easily
1: make. A multi-billion dollar acquisition and not tell people
3: i feel like that would show up in their balance sheet the next but that was quarter, my <laughs> point was that we
0: talked to cash balance at apple so carefully we would see that if it was cash but to katie's yeah. point if it was stock we might not you, you probably
2: still wouldn't see it in cash because of how much cash they generate in a quarter it's amazing, right. right so
1: a few billion you're not going to think you, much
2: you of it you literally wouldn't notice the story would yeah. be like oh my god apple didn't add cash to its <laughs> right, cash as file. quickly what? as we expected oh no. just, but didn't add as much as we thought they might have last quarter <laughs> which <laughs> is 27 billion
0: 15 yeah. of let's just say 800 billion dollars Sorry, is like what? What does that work out? Like one hundred and twenty. Well, ten percent
1: would be yeah, eighty about, billion. 120, so it'd be one hundred and twenty billion. Okay, so yeah.
0: I, I, I want some you're of the, math. You're, the,
1: you're good at math. No, I'm not.
0: <laughs> That's why we have Lindley. Literally.
1: <laughs> um, great. Well, we can all do math. But yeah, there was there was <laughs> a, another thing this week with Apple. Uh, I think you're going to tell us about it.
3: Yeah. So there was a, a tiny bit of confusion with this. Um, you know, we. Apple announced that they were putting three hundred ninety million dollars into this company called Finisar that makes v- the vertical cavity surface emitting lasers, which are basically can part you say of that like
2: five times fast?
3: Vertical <laughs> cavity surface <laughs> emitting lasers. So <laughs> the answer is no. Yeah, you might as well have, like made laser the ac- laser's an acronym. Funny story, um, which uh, is part of Face ID, um, which is basically one of the big selling points for the iPhone X, whether you want to do like a poop face or unlock your phone or whatever, <laughs> right? Um, and uh, it turned out that wasn't like an investment. Uh, it was more like a contribution from the advanced manufacturing fund, which is like basically like future orders right. Um, so uh, so it's essentially we're gonna pay uh, what is it two fifths of your market cap in? Whatever, what is the market cap of this company it was again?
0: was about 2.6. I can pull yeah. okay. I it up for us.
3: 2.6 exactly. Actually. Okay, I thought it was like a billion dollars. Anyways, this tiny company that makes these sensors, which suddenly is relevant again. Um, or probably was relevant for a little, right? The well, yeah, dot-com yeah. bubble We status. were just talking about this before the show. So just for perspective,
0: um, they went public around 2000 and their share price went up as high as... Four hundred and twenty dollars a share, before falling as low as four eighty, five, six bucks back in two thousand two. So this company rode the dot com boom and is now worth twenty three dollars a share. So it's still around. It's still profitable, but it's certainly you know an ex dot com darling. Yeah,
3: but it's like it's kind of like the Corning deal, right? That happened a couple of months back, where they're basically making forward orders or something, um, which. You know, as uh, you know, it's uh, investment in Face ID, right? Which is probably going to be a really, really big platform for developers one day, right? And like the kind of use cases that that unlocks are going to be super interesting. But also, I mean, I think that there's a, there's a second part of it where they, it kind of locks out other providers, right, or other manufacturers from getting access to that technology.
2: I don't know if that's quite right. From what I understand, I think that Apple is just trying to diversify their supply chain. Yeah, and I think they have one vendor that they work with that I know has a um, Taiwanese manufacturer, and I think they've also found that as they are so dependent on Samsung, who's kind of their mortal enemy, um, mm-hmm. they depend on Samsung for displays. That's I think that's why they did that Corning deal. I think they want to diversify their supply chain here. And frankly, as we talked about, even if they gave them three hundred ninety million dollars for those orders up front uh, today, and they, even though if those products aren't delivered, I don't think they're going to start until next year. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a drop in the bucket, and all they've done is basically buy themselves some really cheap insurance for a feature I think that is um, really important to their product roadmap and so if I'm them I, I do those deals all day long and especially in areas of my supply chain that I think um, are on the cutting edge and therefore at risk of being uh, more vulnerable to single suppliers so yeah
3: I mean it's kind of getting to that right it's like it's a new technology or it's like or not nece- maybe it's not necessarily new but it's like suddenly relevant right. Right. right so if they're I mean if it's suddenly relevant and it's only one or two companies that are making it, it maybe it's in short supply yeah. right or like or not like the kind of scale that you'd expect from like a TSM CD or something like that right or one of the major chip manufacturers well one thing to keep minus the scale that Apple buys components at. So there's a, there's a little quote here from uh, TechCrunch.com. It's quite good. Um,
0: from the story on the deal, it says, there are simply not enough suppliers in this field today. In the fourth quarter of 2017 alone, the company will purchase 10 times more vc wafers than the entire VCSEL production in the world during the fourth quarter of 2016. So they just need to ramp this up and they don't want to do it themselves. So you just pre-buy yeah. and get them the capital to ensure they can meet your demand. And to learn, earlier point about preclusion of competitors, if you buy 100% of the production, not saying they are but they might be they can't make any more they probably hormones. will be yes.
1: yeah. <laughs> I think I, I was, this I is was really about
0: I was <laughs> <is cavioting laughs> myself there but that sounds like well, what's going on
2: and I also frankly wouldn't be surprised there is a PR and political angle to this too because they've dedicated this money again even a billion dollars the manufacturing fund right, off right. the balance sheet they are going to create jobs as a result, and you know I think people in Texas are really excited that this is going to be an op- you know an opportunity for people to have um, work for however long this technology is relevant. True. And
1: manufacturing jobs in the U.S. that hasn't been a theme um, in our country uh, in the past yeah. year I, at all.
2: Th- it was like Texas Instruments, right? Yeah, like exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Um, the it traded as low calculated. as two
0: dollars a share in two thousand nine. Like Finisar went to almost zero. I didn't. That's amazing. Anyways, Charlie, you go credit right? to them right. for the for turnaround
2: surviving.
1: story yeah, I mean, of yeah, the year. ultimately, you know, to the points we mentioned earlier i think it's it's about competition as well where it's going to make it harder for samsung and some of the others that are looking to use this technology to work with finisar so um apple really is just doubling down on this and and also bring in jobs to people in the U.S. I, I mean, I there's a lot of ways they could bring jobs to people in the, the U.S., but they're going with with the manufacturing route.
3: I don't understand why they just don't buy some of these suppliers, though. Right? I mean, if they'll they'll pay however long for beets, they'll or however much for beets, they'll pay however much for Sajam, And yeah, like they're a consumer company and they offload some of these, you know, some all these to like all the supply parts to supply chain to partners, which obviously makes a lot of sense because you limit your risk exposure and all these other things, right? But if you're talking about, like, a bespoke, new, unique technology, and Apple, you know, likes to design its own chips and likes to design its own, own like, other stuff, like, why don't you just buy the frickin' sensor company if it's only $2 billion? I think it's more
2: Machiavellian than that. They don't know for sure whether this is going to be the next sort of key feature they want in whatever iPhone 13 or 14 or... You know, double X, whatever. Mm-hmm. At some point in the future, it may not be this, and they don't want to be saddled with this infrastructure.
0: That's well, see, that's even worse than mine. I thought they didn't want to buy these companies because it would lead to uh,
2: margin compression across their broader top line. Um, I, that's possible, but given the size of Finisar, I don't even think that would make a dent.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, not not it's not material compared to Apple's revenue size, yeah, but I mean, I, like my example is crappy but kind of mean. Yours is just cruel.
2: <laughs> uh, well, you know, hope for the worst and, ex- and expect uh, what is it? expect the worst and hope for the best. And that is the VC's <laughs> motto. Uh, anyway, there were there were
0: more Touché. there were more deals out and about in the market, including a, a one that surprised me for a couple of reasons, which was Target is going to buy shipped, S H I P T. For five hundred and fifty million dollars, and this is being framed mostly in the media as a challenge to Amazon. Um, and, and Walmart. And Walmart, yeah, good point. So shipped, in case you didn't know, is based actually in Birmingham, Alabama, which is not Silicon Valley, you'll recall. Mm-hmm. Raised just over sixty five million dollars, including around actually this year from a forty mil led by Crofts. So they just raised a bunch of money. So I presume they hadn't actually, you know, spent it all. I mean, that would require some serious effort. But it can't be done. It, can't, it could. It, you know, <laughs> there's always a way where there's a will. But uh, in this case, they do a uh, quick delivery of groceries and alcohol. So Target is trying to break into the faster shipping matrix, it's taking on, you know, essentially Amazon's hegemony there. Walmart's attempt to hedge into that market. Um, so I'm, I'm curious if we're surprised that Target is doing this or that they're willing to pay that much money for what is probably a speculative addition to their business today.
3: I mean, what? Uh, what's the Pets one that pets Chewy? Chewy? Chewy, yeah, Chewy.com. yeah, in Florida. In Florida. Yeah. yeah, like I mean, if these big ret- retailers are. It seems like they're ready to like. Bet half their company on some new emerging like. I think uh, the Chewy well, deal. The Chewy target's deal company. was roughly yeah. half, depending yeah. yeah. on what the, the private yeah. equity firm valued it at. But, yeah, but, but the
1: target's pretty pretty large. Yeah, this is so not yeah. that big a deal. Yes, yeah, and, and this and was an ex- just 550 million. But,
3: but but I mean I think it's like we shouldn't be surprised that these get big guys are making these kinds of agile moves, right? Like Walmart's been buying up a lot of yeah, consumer brands, Chad, right? They're going after the skew game against like Amazon, right? So it's like I mean it doesn't seem like it's all that surprising that target is looking for its niche right so it's i mean if sure. it's if its niche is like we're going to beat walmart with delivery and yeah like our you know uh, Natty Light is a dollar more, right? But you know the frat parties are still going to pay extra for it in order to get it delivered in time, right? That's right. They, so, it is. It
2: is based in Birmingham. Yeah. So, I didn't want to yeah. have college flashbacks today, <laughs> even, like, but apparently <laughs> big, right. big college football. Yeah, and, and, and uh, state, Targets so. worth
1: thirty four billion, so they can they can make some other acquisitions as well. We've seen a lot with Walmart, like lately. It will be interesting to see if if Target starts buying a lot more startups. Same day delivery is huge. That's obviously as as people get lazier and lazier, you've got to compete. And you and like with Amazon. Being, you know, having same day delivery in so many places, Target really needs to make Which a is real great. push. Yeah, I mean, Target needs to make a real push for that. And so I read that they expect that the majority of their stores by holiday season next year will have same day delivery. So that that could be huge for Target. You really have to come up with ways to keep up with Amazon these days if you want to stay relevant So this e-commerce.
0: is not a luxury. This is a, a demand that every serious large e commerce player will have to order. Have to have on uh, on. I think, available. I think
3: it is table stakes. Yeah. Well, thank you for
2: saving me there. Yeah, I'll find that well,
3: I mean, if it, even if you say it's table stakes, I mean, isn't this like isn't this kind of a fee? This like one this extra fee for one day delivery. That's gonna be like the first thing that gets cut off of a consumer's spending. If like one. The economy turns down, or there, or oh, know, that's a luxury that'll go first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Well, I'm not so sure about that. You, it depends like, what else you're doing with that time. I right. Mean, if it costs you a dollar, but that means you can you you can be at work for a couple of, a couple more hours, it might be worth the trade. If it's a yeah, dollar, and also though. <laughs> Am- yeah, yeah <laughs> it's Like
1: Amazon Prime, yeah. where you know you can pay to not to waive some of these delivery fees and be loyal to that particular. And I
2: think in Ship's case, if what, if it's over thirty-five dollars, then the fee is lower and. I, I, re, I thought I read something where they were talking about an analyst put out a report saying sure AOV was like 160 or in, something. Yeah, yeah, and
1: regardless of whatever whatever it is, Target will I'm sure integrate it and um, come up with an idea that makes economic sense for them. But, but yeah, the Target end of the day, um, we're not quite at drone delivery yet, but they're getting we're getting faster <clears> at delivery and that's what this is all about.
0: So one one last detail, then we can move on to our last topic, but um, Bloomberg had a great chart that showed the, the growth of Target's online business over the last Pretty much 15 quarters, I think I'm looking at here. And I didn't think that Target had much of an online business at all because I go to Target to buy like socks occasionally. But apparently they've been growing between 20 and 30% uh, year over year on its uh, digital business. So it's bigger than I thought and it's growing more quickly. So they must have saw some friction there and found this as a potential fix. But I just didn't know that they were so large in the uh, particular space. So. Anywho, moving on, uh, right before we got on the show today, there was a... Nothing happened. Nothing (laughs) happened.
1: Nothing happened to the internet.
0: 2017 has been a year devoid of news stories, actually. There's not (laughs) one thing that's gone on. No. um, Is it about Uber? It's
1: not. not, (laughs) No. Well, potentially. Also,
0: it's not about Blue Apron. It's about the Uh, entire internet. Yeah. Uh, The FCC just voted, um, and there's going to be a lot of lawsuits that doesn't kind of go into effect now, Mm -hmm. but to repeal the Obama-era net neutrality regulations that passed back in 20, I think it was 15. Mm -hmm. So this is a watershed moment, and I think everyone's still processing uh, what this means this time because I feel like we're here every two years. Uh, And I can confirm that the Washington State Attorney General is uh filing a legal challenge with a bunch of
3: other ags so yeah schneiderman too right i think like yeah. the, all these states are going after it yeah. In full
1: disclosure we're employees of verizon here at TechCrunch. Shh, don't tell them we, that. we can say whatever we want <laughs> but um we're we're not necessarily defending here, them here but uh, verizon owns Pi, part
0: of Crunchbase, so you yeah
1: a jeep Pie, the chairman of the fcc used to work at verizon so I don't know. Maybe he's loyal to Verizon. In fact, I
0: think so. There if was I'm a Verizon
2: customer, yeah. should they be loyal to me? <laughs> that's not it? how that's how capitalism
3: works. <laughs> Just, <laughs> really, really, backwards. Really, really fast. I think we're, I, I'm going to propose that we call him uh, He Who Shall Not Be Named from here on out. <laughs> he, <laughs> he
1: follows me on Twitter. What should I write him? Like I'm, I'm thinking about what DM to send. The me. worst part of the GPI,
0: to your point, is that he's actually quite quite loyal to named. <laughs> he, I'm sorry. He who shall not be named, very much akin to Voldemort, is quite charming in person. But um, well, no, like we were talking I, right. before. He be-
1: went to University of Chicago, like Alex. No, no.
3: I feel a stain upon my school. Uh, no, we were. I mean, we were talking uh, right before this though about uh, you know what what this means for you know what this means for the end user in the United States, right? And uh, there's a lot of things that can happen, right? But. It's it's going to be interesting because there's a lot of emerging technology that like eSIM and a couple other things that maybe would make, make it easier for con- consumers to kind of like bounce around a lot. And even if there are like, you know, three or four or five major Internet providers, uh, I mean, obviously things are probably going to go south, right? I mean, things are, you know, things are generally bad in 2017 anyway. So <laughs> 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 all, all things are bad in 2017. But I. I don't know. I mean, it's like I mean, I don't know if there's any silver lining at all here. Maybe I.
1: Yeah, and so I think basically the gist of it is there's this Title II, which uh, people say is like 1930s era regulation to uh, regulate the telecom companies, and so uh, people who are against. Well, basically, the, tele- the today's telecom companies are against using this to regulate the internet, and so they're saying that this regulation is bad. But um, they're, and, and I'm not saying I agree with them, but they're saying that net, that the net neutrality. Uh, there's been a lot of doom and gloom scenarios out there that those those are basically hypothetical, but that they're not um, necessarily planning to do some of this stuff. But, but. I think that there's a real concern for a lot of people that the internet will change as we know it. Because if you take away that regulation, we don't know what they're going to do. And so the reason people are talking about all the worst case scenarios is because people are worried because we rely so much on the internet these days. And so, I mean, I wouldn't want to have to pay to go on... The internet. I mean, like, we already had that in the AOL dial-up days. I don't want that anymore.
3: I mean, they're definitely not hypothetical. Yeah, yeah. We we do have a lot of, like, just stuff
0: that's happened. Like, in 2012, you know, AT&T decided to stop blocking FaceTime, which was a competing OTT service. So, I mean, like, there's there's a history of bad play by ISPs. But even the historical record is is, is useful, but not not the entire thing to think about. These are profit-seeking entities. And if Mm -hmm. Verizon can make more money by doing things that we would say violate the spirit of debt neutrality because there's no longer going to be the letter of the law if these lawsuits fail, then they're going to do it. And we can kind of just anticipate that because they need to grow and drive more profit, especially as the wireless
2: business uh, matures and, and slows mm-hmm. down in terms of the growth. So, I, I mean, I actually think that the difference between – and I'm certainly not a legal expert, nor am I a historian, but I think the difference between comparing this to the 30s is that those were local monopolies that were being granted, and there's – Better, for better or for worse, there is more competition for high-speed internet service that is available here, and we talked about you, you probably have um, a pipe into your home, and then you also have the, probably the fastest connection you can get on a wireless device, and I do think that wireless devices over the long term have an advantage because it's actually just as the technology advances to improve bandwidth, it's cheaper to install outside than to dig up new pipes, and so – if you're Comcast, you know you can only make that truck roll by and dig up the dirt and dig up the concrete every decade at most. Probably, you know, mm-hmm. at most. Whereas Verizon, you know, can be more competitive up by upgrading routers outside much more frequently. Do
3: you guys and use? Sorry, do you guys use Sonic at all? I don't.
1: I actually do. I yeah. use Sonic.net. So our
3: sound just, guy is raising his it, hand
1: it, it, it's fast but it goes down a lot to be honest fiber <laughs> fiber.
0: Install fiber so are uh, the producer, Mr. Gates is saying fiber quote quote fiber in a very yeah. happy voice uh, i've got comcast cuz sonic is not in my building
3: yeah so, so sonic is like a local internet ser- service provider right which is, you know is interesting is cuz you know now we have sonic in our area Aust- i think austin has google mm-hmm. fiber right like there's like there're little like pockets of New speed I, like, pass another one. Yeah, or? yeah, they're in little pockets of emerging ISPs, right? So I mean, it you know if if it if you know everything goes to uh, bleep, right? Um it, I don't know. Life finds a way. Generally, I yeah. feel like right. So maybe it offers an opportunity for Sonic to come in and say, hey. Uh, we're not going to throttle your your Call of Duty. Call you play Call of Duty, right, Alex? No, no I'm, not, I'm not 14. PUBG? No, I'm I
1: not games, 15. You play, you play games.
3: <laughs> I play I play Destiny
0: 2. And if you, yeah, same
1: thing. If mean, you don't, don't if you don't like that,
0: don't. it's Katie Roof at TechCrunch.com. Um, <laughs>
3: Actually,
1: here, it's Katie at TechCrunch. You can you can send me fan mail.
0: Okay. Uh, here's here's my last point. We can talk about neutrality literally all day and bore everyone to tears. But every single small company, every single VC, every single content provider, every edge provider that I know and I've spoken to about this over years of the issue agrees that net neutrality is the best way to preserve a competitive internet. And the people who disagree with that are consistently paid by telco companies and, or GPI, who was paid by telco companies. So to me, I just look at the issue and I kind of weigh... How everyone's looking at this, and I just, I there's a preponderance of support on one side of this, especially among people that are advocating for smaller players, and so that's where I'm, I lean politically, just because I'm anti incumbent by nature. Yeah,
2: well, and I'm, so screw you, G-Play. I mean, don't go be wrong. I'm definitely pro-small company too. I well, yeah, you area investor, area investor.
1: Well ish company. You're a lace guy. By the time they meet with you, they're not that. What's
2: the smallest check you'll write? The smallest one I've written in my career is is a million. Yeah,
1: but that's not your typical check. Typical check. Yeah,
2: there you go. Twenty-five, thirty. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Tiny companies. All
1: right. Well, on that note, thanks for tuning in. Come back next week.
0: All right, everyone. I want to say a special thanks to our producer, TechCrunch's Zone Christopher Gates, our executive producer, Henry Pickervet. Thank you to Katie Roof. Thank you to Matthew Lindley. And thank you to you for leaving us that five-star iTunes review. That's Equity. We'll see you all next Friday.